Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs, and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. We're hitting up five different states today, each with its own tales of strange creature encounters that, if according to witnesses, are real, then... We all have some digging to do to find out what these things really are. From a beast with a pig face to the wolf woman of the night, there are five terrifyingly true cryptid stories you never knew existed. Number five, the pig man of Northfield, Vermont. Back in 1971, a farmer up in Northfield, Vermont was up early before the sun. As part of his normal routine, however, this day would be anything but routine. It kicked off a series of strange sightings in the area of a creature that would become known as the Pig Man. That early morning, the man heard something going on out back. It was a series of loud bangs, and so he flicked on the porch light to have himself a look. From his kitchen window, he expected to see deer or maybe even a bear rummaging through his garbage, but... What he witnessed was something much different and startling. In the wash of the yellow light stood a figure not of this world, a man-sized beast covered head to toe in white hair. For a few heart-stopping seconds, the farmer and the creature locked gazes, its facial features clearly, though, disturbingly reminiscent of a pig. The farmer was terrified, and then, as suddenly as it had appeared, This being darted back into the concealing shadows of the dark, leaving the man to question the reality of what he had just witnessed. 
and this encounter marked the beginning of the legend of the Pigman of Northfield, and it would have died after that had this been the only sighting, however, it wasn't. The farmer didn't go telling anyone what he had seen out of fear of ridicule, but then just a few days later, the creature made its presence known once again. This time it was spotted by a group of high school students during a dance. They were outside getting some air when, out from the brush, the beast approached. The encounter was brief and chaotic, and they were utterly terrified. This wasn't a situation where they wanted it to get any closer. They were looking at this thing covered in white hair with a pig face, and so they ran back inside as fast as they could. The news then spread around town, and the farmer told his story. The pig man, a being of half man and half pig, became a rural legend in Northfield. Nighttime travelers whispered of narrow escapes on deserted county roads, their cars almost colliding with the hairy white beast. And parents used the tale as a cautionary warning to their children, urging them not to stray into the woods. Generally, those who saw it described it as around five foot six or five foot eight. Others said it was bigger, though. And some said it had talon-like claws as well, but there's never been any proof or photos of the beast. And despite the fascination and fear he inspired, the true identity of the pig man remained shrouded in mystery. And some believed him to be a supernatural entity, while others argued he was merely a reclusive human or hybrid like a Bigfoot that didn't mean any harm. The legend of the pig man is not unique to Northfield either. Tales of pig-like humanoid creatures have permeated folklore worldwide for centuries. Often depicted as aggressive or dangerous, these legends vary in their portrayal of these beings, with some stories casting them as victims of curses or as natural inhabitants of the wild. Whether real or imagined, the pig man remains an indelible part of the town's history, a mysterious figure that continues to captivate and terrify in equal measure. Number 4. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, Louisiana The Honey Island Swamp is a marshland located in the eastern part of good old Louisiana, and inside it, There lies a tale that has stirred the waters of local lore and fear for decades. It's a narrative born from the depths of the swamp, mentioned by those who have ventured into its murky sludge. This is the cryptid known as the Honey Island Swamp Monster. The first sighting occurred back in 1963, in a remote corner of this labyrinth marshland that stretches on for over 70,000 acres. And two men, Harlan Ford and Billy D. Mills were not just ordinary sportsmen. While they were retired, they had been air traffic control men, and so their eyes were trained in the high-altitude vigil of the skies. They took a small plane out and from there spotted a potential campsite from above, which was a place few had ever been. And that was perfect because they were interested in documenting the swamp's wildlife, a hobby to pass the time with. That is, until they first saw the creature. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, as described by Ford on the 1970s television series In Search Of, was an unkept behemoth, towering over seven feet tall with scraggly black hair and piercing amber eyes set in a face eerily human. 
Its footprints, a bizarre amalgamation of primate and alligator traits, were immortalized in plaster, a tangible piece of this mysterious story. Ford's televised account thrust the local legend into the national spotlight, igniting a frenzy, yet not all welcomed this newfound attention. Some locals claim the monster was a fabrication, a tall tale spun by Ford and his friends as a way to protect their coveted hunting grounds. Although, wouldn't telling people that a Bigfoot-like creature was in the swamps cause them to go look for it rather than keep them out? Regardless, accusations flew, suggesting the footprints were nothing more than a hoax, a product of shoes modified to mimic the monster's tracks. Despite the skepticism, Ford's quest for the monster never waned, even as he retreated from all the public scrutiny he endured after going public. It was only after his passing in 1980 that a hidden trove of evidence then emerged. Grainy footage and a letter detailing his encounters raising questions about his true intentions. I mean, did Ford fabricate the legend for fame or for solitude, or had he genuinely encountered something beyond understanding? Neil Benson, a local swamp tour guide, may not have seen the monster as Ford described, but his own experience in the swamp at the age of 16 adds another layer to the mystery. Paddling away in his canoe, he encountered a being that moved with an unnatural grace through the water, towering and bipedal. Unlike any creature known to man or nature, it was neither bear nor man, but something else entirely. Benson, now an owner of Pearl River Eco Tours, shares his encounter with those who dare to ask, preserving a piece of Ford's legacy through a plaster cast of the monster's footprint a gift from Ford's granddaughter, Dana Holyfield. In these casts, symbols of belief and intrigue, have spread throughout St. Tammany Parish, finding homes with enthusiasts and fellow believers, even gracing the displays of the Abita Mystery House. The John Preble, the museum owner, draws parallels between the elusive swamp monster and the ivory-billed woodpecker, a bird unseen for years, teetering on the brink of extinction. And he suggests that just as the vastness of the swamp has hidden the woodpecker, it could also conceal other unknown entities. Dana Hollyfield has devoted her life to uncovering the truth her grandfather sought. And through her books and documentaries, she chronicles encounters across the Honey Island Swamp, driven by a deep belief in her grandfather's stories. She stands firm in her quest, asserting that the reality of the creature is crucial for if it does not exist, then the sightings by many locals would be mere hallucinations, a collective delusion haunting the swamp. Before Ford's encounter with the Honey Island Swamp Monster, the swamp was already a canvas for legends and folklore. Cajun tales of the werewolf-like Loop Guru and the ghostly trickster Luton have been whispered for centuries, their origins tracing back to Native American lore. The Chittimacha and Atacapas tribes spoke of wolf walkers, man-eating entities that are part human, part beast, embodying the primal fears of those who dwelled near the swamp. And by the light of day, the notion of encountering a man-eating beast here seems unlikely, but as dusk falls and shadows lengthen, the swamp transforms. 
and one can't help but feel the presence of the unknown, of mysteries and legends that have found a home in this strange and weird wilderness. Number 3. Wolf Woman of Mobile, Alabama An entity, both bewildering and terrifying, emerged from the dark in early April of 1971, etching its name into the books of urban legends, and it was the Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue. The legends of creatures blending human and animal forms have always captured the human imagination, fueling folklore across many cultures. Among these, the werewolf is popular, a staple of both European and Native American mythologies. In Europe, the werewolf often embodies an evil being, a human transformed through dark packs preying on the innocent. Across the Atlantic, Native American lore speaks of the skinwalker, a figure capable of shape-shifting through forbidden means sowing a trail of violence and chaos. The Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue seemed a creature torn from these tales, with the torso of a human and the hind corners of a wolf. Her arrival in the area was sudden. Seen at night, it was described as a bizarre amalgamation of beauty and beast. Pretty and hairy, in the words of one eyewitness, she ignited a storm of over 50 reports flooding the mobile register. And for days, the community lived in a grip of fear with encounters ranging from petrifying chases to unsettling sightings in the quiet of backyards. And there was a moment in time when she was everywhere. Yet, no harm came to the residents. The police, overwhelmed by the sheer volume of calls, embarked on an earnest investigation. And then, as mysteriously as she had appeared, the wolf woman vanished. Streets of Davis Avenue returned to their mundane calm, but the questions lingered. Was she perhaps a feral child, raised in the wild, emulating her canine companions? And history has seen that before, like the Lobo Wolf Girl of Devil's River, tragic figure of survival and freedom. She was literally raised by wolves, and so she acted like one. Or did the answer lie in the lore of skinwalkers? beings of transformation and terror. In the fear that gripped the community and the nights filled with dread, these could be the very goals of a practitioner of dark arts. Yet some suggested a simpler explanation, a phantom, an apparition, a fleeting shadow on the wall of reality. The original article in the Mobile Register hinted at such, labeling the creature a spectral presence. Decades have passed, of course, since those unsettling April nights. The Wolf Woman of Davis Avenue has receded into the misty realms of myth and memory. But many who saw her swear she was as real as you and I. Number 2. Flatwoods Monster, West Virginia In the waning light of September 12th of 1952, the town of Flatwoods, West Virginia, became the stage for a strange and terrifying encounter when children, Edward and Freddie May, Neil Nunley and Tommy Heyer, were playing outside of the Flatwoods Elementary School. Shortly after sunset and seemingly out of nowhere, a brilliant light tore across the sky, crashing into the nearby hills of G. Bailey Fisher's farm. 
And compelled by a sense of adventure, the boys race towards the unknown, their journey briefly pausing at the May household to recount their tale to Kathleen May, their mother. And Kathleen, sensing a bit of gravity in the moment, enlisted the aid of Eugene Lemon, a National Guardsman, and Richie, the family dog, to go with them, and together they embarked on a trek to the hills. As they neared the supposed crash site, an ominous red light pulsing in the distance caught their attention. A lemon, flashlight in hand, lit a path up the hill, which then revealed a sight that would haunt all of them for the rest of their lives. Standing before them, a towering ten-foot entity, wearing what resembled a dark metallic dress, its head a grotesque spade shape. Its twisted claw-like hands and glowing orange eyes pierced the darkness. It levitated above the ground, emanating a chilling hiss as it glided towards them. In that moment, terror took hold. The air itself seemed poisoned by a noxious mist, inducing throat irritation, vomiting, and nausea in the witnesses. Symptoms dismissively attributed to hysteria, yet eerily akin to mustard gas exposure. And they fled, the creature's hiss echoing in their ears as they ran. May and Lemon, driven by a mix of duty and dread, reported the incident to local authorities. And, while their search yielded nothing, this would not be the last sighting of this creature in the woods. It was just prior to this event, Mrs. Audra Harper encountered the same monstrous figure in the woods near the town of Heaters. Initially dismissing a distant bright flash of light, she was soon confronted by the monstrous silhouette, prompting a desperate escape through the treacherous terrain. The next night, the narrative took another sinister turn near Strange Creek, 20 miles south. Here, George and Edith Snitowski, along with their infant son, were immobilized when their car inexplicably died. As a sulfurous stench enveloped them, a similar beast, this time with a reptilian bony head, emerged, casting an eerie light in the dark night. It creepily caressed the car with its lizard-like hand before vanishing into the woods, leaving the family in a state of shock and bewilderment. Miraculously, as the creature disappeared, their car sparted back to life, allowing them a hasty escape from the nightmarish scene. These encounters, woven together, formed a tapestry of terror that has since seeped deep into the cultural fabric of the region. The Flatwoods monster, as it came to be known, transformed from a fleeting apparition into a permanent fixture of local lore. In Flatwoods, an ice cream shop named The Spot emerged, offering not just sweet treats, but also a painted glimpse into the town's eerie past, and a museum dedicated to the monster's legacy sprang up in Sutton. Yet, for all the commercialization and curiosity, the monster itself ultimately faded away its existence relegated to being a weird footnote in the Chronicles of the Unexplained. But the legacy left behind continues to stir the imaginations of those who walk the streets of Flatwoods and its surrounding towns. At night, when the stars glimmer faintly above the people, they think about the strange monster, what was it, where did it come from, and could it be real? Number 1. Wood Devils of Coas County, New Hampshire 
In the remote and dense forest of Coas County in New Hampshire comes a legend that's been talked about among the locals since the 1930s. This isn't just another Bigfoot or Sasquatch story. It's a unique creature that has frightened all New Englanders who have heard tales of it. And this is the woods devil of Coas County. Descriptions of this elusive creature are consistent across the board. Towering between seven to nine feet, it possesses a slender, almost gaunt stature. Its body is cloaked in long, shaggy hair that shimmers between shades of tan and gray. But it's the face of the woods devil that haunts all those who have seen it. Horse-like, with a protruding snout and piercing small eyes, adding an almost supernatural quality to its appearance. The Woods Devil is a master of stealth. It navigates the forest with such agility and intelligence that it almost seems to emerge with the shadows. Its movements are near silent, its presence often only betrayed by a faint, musty odor that lingers in the air. Sightings are rare, and those who have encountered it describe a creature that is both curious and cautious, always maintaining a safe distance from humans intruding on its land. But what truly sets the woods devil apart are the legends and stories that have been passed down through the generations. From the lumberjacks of the 1930s who first coined its name, to the modern day hikers and hunters, each encounter adds a layer to this strange lore. The woods devil has been called many names, from glutton to skunk bear, each reflecting its reputation for being cunning and ferocious. One of the earliest documented encounters was by George Laveau, a hunter, who in 1948 came face to face with the beast. His description of a tall, horse-faced creature with gray hair made skeptics as well as believers out of locals. Another hunter, Robert Goulet, not the singer, recounted a strange experience in 1952 when he was drawn to an ungodly-like scream in the woods, only to catch a glimpse of the elusive creature. As the years rolled on, the sightings continued, from George Wentworth's claim of shooting a woods devil to Linda Newton Perry's encounter in 83. Each account added credibility to its existence. In 1997, Bill Driscoll's encounter on Route 26 offered a detailed description of the woods devil. It crossed the road in front of him and stopped, looking at him for a moment before darting off. The man was in shock at the towering figure, nine feet at least, with long arms and legs, gray fur, and a hauntingly human-like face. The woods devil, though, remains a mystery. It's a creature that embodies the wild and untamed spirit of the New Hampshire woodlands. Its existence is, of course, a topic of debate, but for those who have seen it, it's as real as the fear it evokes. There were five terrifyingly true cryptid stories you never knew existed. I'm Andrew. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you like this and want more exclusive and darker content from us, go check us out on Patreon. There's also an entire library you get access to, plus it's free to try out. Thanks again for all the support and for stopping by today. I'll see you guys soon.